Look out. Here he comes for a third time. With Venom and Sandman and Green Goblin again. But not Hobgoblin. To your inner child's an idiot. This is a podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name's DJ. My name's Damon. This is probably the latest movie we've ever like. The what year is latest it? release? Two thousand and seven. Ooh, people are gonna get people hate it when we do movies from the two thousands. They're really gonna hate two thousand and seven. Yeah, I mean, this is we definitely weren't children when this came out, so there's no excuse. <laughs> We should have known, although you could argue we did know. We're just doing this to round out the trilogy. Yeah. I mean, we did Spider-Man, and then we got to do Spider-Man 2, and we got to do Spider-Man 3. It's just, it's only fair, and this is known throughout the universe, really, as the worst one. Yeah, this is probably the first movie we've done where we're looking back on it to see if we were wrong, but not in the usual way, just to see if we were wrong and it was actually good. I just, I mean, I think we know. I think we know what we're in for. I, I am wondering, though, if it's going to be a Garden State situation, and it won't annoy me as much as I feel like I've been told it will annoy me. Mm. Well, I mean, I look forward to the, the main reason we'll be watching this movie, which is the emo Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker dancing scene. It's the only thing I remember. I barely remember anything about Venom. I remember Sandman, yeah. sort of. And, uh, you know, probably Mary Jane being thrown around by a bunch of people. <laughs> Imagine, yep. maybe. The thing I like, so Venom, the whole like genesis of the character of Venom and this, like they, they kind of loosely follow in this movie is really cool. It's like one of my favorite things about Spider-Man, about the comic books, because he goes to space. Who's uh, he? I think it's Spider-Man goes to space because I think <laughs> the it's whole the sentence secret, is ludicrous. The secret Wars, I think it's, it's part of like a, one of those big crossover things. I don't remember oh, okay. uh, what it was. And then it's an alien that it's a symbiote is a, an alien that attaches to him and it does something with it, like recognizes his power and then becomes this black, cool looking black suit. And it gives him like, like double the strength and more powers and he's more powerful than ever before. But it starts to kind of mess with his head and it's, like a malevolent force eventually he gets separated from his body and, and then it finds eddie brock and that becomes venom because Ven- eddie brock has more violent tendencies even than spider-man and so he becomes this originally just a straight-up villain for spider-man and then eventually becomes kind of more of an anti-hero kind of thing like towing the line and that's like and then <laughs> and then they made a movie a couple this years movie. ago Oh. They made a movie a couple years ago. Well, yeah, they made this movie. And this is the first time Venom, as someone who was, like, super into Venom in the comic books, like, he's just a really fun, he's like a super strong Spider-Man that, like, has big teeth. With a teeth. tongue, right? Yeah, has the yeah. tongue and big teeth, and he's just, like, crazy. And, of course, there's another symbiote villain later, Carnage, who's, like, attaches to a serial killer, and he's, like the worst of all and then later there's even more so i don't know my eyes are glazing over hurry (laughs) yeah but venom this was really exciting because it was like venom's finally on film for spider-man 3 and then it was like oh no but don't you i mean (laughs) hearing you explain that isn't there a feeling like yeah venom might be cool but you're still gonna have to grapple with his origin story and no matter what it's kind of gonna be stupid because the symbiote is kind of stupid right 
I think we all agree that the symbiote just sort of like you explaining it just then. I I recognized as another human being that it was stupid. You know, it's uh, like I think it's. I mean, it's cool in a comic book way. There's an alien yeah. that like you know there are plenty of what do you call symbiote? There's another uh, word for it, like a there, parasite. Parasite, yeah. There's like parasitic, like that fungus that gets into ants and makes yeah. them go crawl up the leaf, and then the the fungus grows out of their back or something. Yeah. But, Those are I mean, parasites in nature are really interesting and really cool, and so the, the, the fact there being an alien one totally makes sense, and that it would kind of conform to whatever it needs to, so whatever form it like attaches to, you know, it kind of makes. I mean, it makes comic book sense. But in the know? comic book, at least, I don't want to give it too much credit because it still sounds stupid when you said it. But yes. I mean, at least in that one, like, there's a whole history of probably Spider-Man already going into space and fighting with the Avengers or whatever. And so there's like a precedent of like how he could encounter an alien. In this one, I think it just like lands Land. somewhere, like right. near Peter's bike. It's, yeah, it's almost like an insane coincidence that not only would this kid get bitten by a radioactive spider and get powers from it, but that same kid, when he's a young adult, finds us would find like have some goo- space, space goose shit that would just land right next to him and then yeah. give him a cool suit. Yeah. Well, and that so that leads to him, you know, becoming emo Spider Man, which gives us the dancing. So that's really worth it. It gives us the, there's like the dance scene. He like does like a scatting jazz on a stage. (laughs) He gets like the Saturday Night Fever, like walking uh, montage. Is Gwen Stacy in this? I feel like she might be. I feel like Bryce Dallas Howard is Gwen Stacy. And I feel like someone in my life was around to be like, oh, that's Gwen Stacy. (laughs) Oh, you see her? That's Gwen Stacy. She's in the comics. It's, It's like a whole thing. And I remember that was probably the first time I've ever lost my patience with Easter eggs in comic book movies, where I'm like, don't make it a thing unless you're going to explain why it's a thing. But she was just sort of there. She never really yeah. had her full arc like she does in the comics, from what I understand. Gwen Although Stacey, she most... does get her arc in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's true. The, that's uh, the main reason that I had, that I was angry at this movie. Not angry, but that I was disappointed in this movie. because I was really looking you're forward to You're a white Venom. teenager or young adult. You were mad. Don't, don't try and deny this it. Is, you were this furious. Was t- this was 2007, so it was before we were allowed to be mad on the internet. <laughs> that hadn't been invented yet. We didn't know how. We just kept putting smiley face emojis after everything. It's like really just a colon and a parenthesis. Did you ever notice <gasps> I that? I never noticed that. <laughs> I think because I, you know, it's on its side. I, I almost have nothing to say about this movie. I remember the poster came out and everyone was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Uh, and I was like, excuse me, fellow nerds, why is his suit black? And I'm like, symbiote, this is going to be awesome. And then I was like, is that Venom though? They're like, no, it's Spider-Man. He's got the black suit. It's awesome. <laughs> and, and then I saw the movie and I was like, this is as dumb as it seemed when you explained it. <laughs> and then everybody was like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Going to take a mulligan on this one. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the popcorn, cold, man. I'll pay you back for the popcorn. Well, yeah, I remember being really annoyed by the Sandman whole thing too, but I don't remember why or like. I remember what the it, Sandman was the only one of them that was actually the guy from Wings, right? Yeah, I'm afraid. So. And Ned and Stacy, let's show some fucking respect. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but I thought his story was actually the more interesting than Venom's. Venom's was just kind of stupid because not yeah. only wait, I'll get back. To, I want to finish this thing of Venom. So the symbiote lands on Peter. Yeah. Eddie Brock gets a job as his rival at the newspaper. 
by coincidence, they both like the symbiote leaves Peter and lands on Eddie Brock. And isn't Eddie Brock also dating MJ for a minute? Maybe. It's this like the, it's like the Seinfeld conundrum where there's like twelve people living in New York City <laughs> and they're all like encountering each other constantly. Well, do you did you see the Venom movie, by the way? Oh no, I couldn't with the I mean, I like Tom Hardy and he's a very handsome uh man who I want to put my mouth on his mouth, but he <laughs> Uh, that voice, I couldn't do that voice. I couldn't with that. He had that little, it was almost like when you heard Daniel Day Lewis doing Lincoln the first time. You're like, what? You're doing that voice? And it had Jenny Slate in it, in Venom, not Lincoln. Although she'd probably be a good Lincoln. And I like Jenny Slate a lot. Saying symbiote. It looked too much, and I think I was I was losing my patience with the comic book movies. I was like, I can't. If we're going to be doing these throwaway ones now, where it's not only is Sony lending Spider-Man out to Marvel, but then we got these Venom movies coming out, and then you got Deadpool yeah. over here. I can't. I can't. Uh, that was really frustrating because it was like I know I understand like the logistics of why Spider-Man wasn't involved, and I understand like not everything has to be in the MCU or in the oh, DCU you mean in Venom. or whatever. But Venom was had no Spider-Man history and it was just like this thing is completely spider-man centric so it's like really hard like as someone who like grew up reading that i'm like you, it's like having a lex Luthor movie with no superman you can't do that <laughs> of course you can but. but also like venom i mean he looks like spider-man right right so it's uh confusing it feels like it would be confusing I will say I watched it on an airplane, and that is a perfectly acceptable way to watch that movie. Always the best way to watch almost anything. <laughs> yeah. What else? You were going to talk about... Um, oh, I liked I liked Sandman. Sandman. I remember liking his story and thought it was good. He doesn't fall for the, uh, he just was crazy. Uh, he yeah. seemed to, like, to actually have a good story, and I wonder if us as now two level-headed adults watching uh, movies for kids if we would way more disposable income than i had in 2007 (laughs) if we would approach it differently now that we can maybe relate to an older man involved in crime (laughs) who may have killed uncle ben or something i can't remember (laughs) well we're gonna watch we're gonna find out spider-man 3 watch along with us we'll be back in a minute got a commercial we got to do i got an um, idea okay go you're gonna just do uh you're gonna just try and give me the information about patreon and i'm just okay. gonna scream spider-man villains at you to distract you <laughs> okay i thought you were gonna i was gonna be pitching and you were jay jonah jameson oh no i can't that's too much improv for me naming things that's the level of improv i'm at <laughs> identifying objects Listen, I just want to tell the listeners about our patron, our Patreon page. Sandman, you can. Sandman's yeah. here. Yeah, you could. I mean, that's that's terrifying, but I still, I still have to do this. It's my no, responsibility. No, by all means, I'm, I'm just an innocent bystander. And with great responsibility comes great power, as I always say. So, are you going to go to Patreon.com/slash Your Child's an Idiot? And Venom, uh, Venom's here. Up, oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, okay. just gotta. Venom's here. Oh, so sorry, Venom. Did you? Were you using this? Microphone? No. Okay. Oh no, he's 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 fine. He's just okay, giving you a thumbs up. Now he's just licking it. That's. I <sighs> still have to use this. So if you can go there, you can support the show. You can help us keep making. Hobgoblin, uh, Hobgoblin two is here. Hobgoblin okay, two, yeah. the second Hobgoblin. Gobble gobble And thanks, thanks, Hemoglobin. Really appreciate it. <laughs> you can get your name in the credits. Uh, you can get Manwolf. A, Manwolf. Uh, okay, deleted yeah. scene, but Manwolf's here. You looked you looked these up, didn't you? Before you came in. No, we we did this all last week. <laughs> Manwolf. Patreon to come. Kingpin. Kingpin's here. 
here in Child's an Idiot. Damon, would you please recap this madcap, villain-packed, rat-packed? Okay, no, I I ran out of things that there was were some uh, there was some jazz piano, so you're not you're not far off the mark with rat-packed. <laughs> yeah. heat pack and rat pack and adventure starring our friend and yours, the Spidered Man. I will recap it for you. Thank you. Scene opens on an all-white New York City. Spider-Man, still in university with all his friends, Dr. Connors, a blonde woman named Gwen Stacy. You know, he's still doing the Spider-Man thing, sometimes saving people from cranes that fall, uh, you know, and interrupt modeling shoots. I don't know. His his buddy James Franco's still a bit peeved about the old... Uh, Patricide there. Yeah. So he's he's chasing him around on some green goblin. Got a goblin. real bugaboo about the patricide. <laughs> got, a, got a real something in his craw about that whole you murdered my dad thing. So he's chasing Spider-Man around on his uh, surfboard and uh, accidentally knocks his head, forgets that he is a villain, and he's back to being friends. They're pals again. They're buddies. Franco, friends. Gwen Stacy, the woman who was saved in the modeling shoot, also a fellow student at Peter Parker's University. She's appreciative. She's a fan of Spider-Man now because, uh, you know, he saved her life. MJ, sure. you know, Peter's planning to, to marry her. He lets Aunt May know. She gives him the ring. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, some guy uh, gets released, escapes from prison, goes mm-hmm. to a particle acceleration sort of experiment uh, while running from the cops, gets turned into some sort of sand man. A man... Made out of sand. A plan. Um, a canal. <laughs> Panama Sandman. He, uh, you know, he's just trying to rob some banks to save his sick girlfriend. Relatable. Probably wondering, hey, what's up with Peter Jackson's uh, career? Well, he's got a little bit of a stick in the mud in the form of Eddie Brock, uh, who's trying to... He's not really a stick in the mud so much as a uh, sticky who's wicket. Peter, Peter Jackson? <laughs> Did I say Peter Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, was, uh, I was trying to get your reference. Sorry, I met Janet Jackson. I have to remember in comic <laughs> books, it's always the double double initial. Peter Miss Parker, Jackson, if you're nasty. Peter Parker's career kind of kind of hitting some trouble there with uh, Eddie Brock, played by uh, the menacing, beefy Wall of Man. Topher Grace. <laughs> you know, they're having some uh, back and forth, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, some black goo lands uh, nearby, gets on his suit, turns him into a black besuited Spider-Man. Oh, then he starts uh, bebopping and scatting all over the place. He's, what do you, I, the movie is two hours and 20 minutes. Like, I appreciate it, but like, what do you want me to do? I know, I see you <laughs> miming at your watch. Anyway, Eddie Brock becomes Venom. Sandman's there still. Uh, you know, Mary Jane, she's kind of upset with peter parker but you know what are you gonna do same old same old in that one james franco sort of tries to drive a wedge between them once he remembers of course that he hates everyone and uh, you know that only lasts for a few minutes because then james franco remembers that peter parker's his friend and he comes to save him from venom and spider-man mj is saved again and they do sort of a slow dance at the end i don't know i don't know and then kingpin's there i don't know Uh, some sort of did i skip anything I mean, or everything. Has King been there? No. Absolutely not. Well, Eddie Brock. Oh, the symbiote got onto Eddie Brock. Yeah. Turned him into the Venom. Yeah. And then 
he gets his, he gets exploded real good at the end. Accidentally. Let's I'm sure the police go. will understand. Sam and he just sort of rode a wave on, on the on the wind. <laughs> the That's wind. probably fine, I guess. I don't know if he really solved the problem with his daughter's surgery or anything, so I imagine he would just go right back to bank robbing. Don't think he's going to go get a job at the mall or something. He could probably get a job at the mall. Spider-Man. Chick-fil-A hires like 12-year-olds. They're always, it's always their pleasure, you know? <laughs> Fuck off. You're, um... Digging on uh, Topher Grace because I read something about how he bulked up for this role. I did see which that. Which is hilarious. <laughs> I'm not saying I could do better, Topher. I'm just saying that's hilarious. That's really a casting problem more than a you problem, Topher. Venom is this hulking... The name, that's probably a you problem. The name thing is probably more of a Topher problem. That's on him. But the, the bulking, yeah. that's Listen. just his body. His body's his body. Listen, Chris. We know your name is Chris. Okay? Right off the bat. The credits are doing a lot of uh, narrative work for us. It's a, it's a previously on that lasts about five full minutes, and it recaps not just the first, but also the second movie pretty well. You got to hand it to them. I did, I feel like the first one, the, the second, the, the first sequel, the second, AKA the second one. Way to, way to make it like you did, meant to do that. The first <laughs> sequel. What I like the, to call the, the first f- sequel, whereas this is the second sequel, also the runner the third up. one. The runner-up, a.k.a. second place. Just say second place. That's really confusing. <laughs> I always get thrown off by first runner-up, third runner-up or yeah. something. I'm like, what? Second runner-up. Uh, second runner-up is third. Just say, just say third place. Stop it. The, the second one had a comic book sort of uh, thing. There was nothing, nothing like that. It was just like still uh, comic book drawings of the things that had happened in the first one. This one has yeah. actual video to go along with it, which is kind of amazing because it also has narration in the first part of this movie. Yeah. So it feels like they, they, they feel the need that there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Which doesn't help the runtime. So I'm a little resentful that it's even here. The weird thing is, like, there isn't. Like, you don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to know that much. You need to know, like, like I don't know. It's kind of like explaining, do people need the origin of Spider-Man, certainly after the, the first movie, do people need the origin of Spider-Man explained to them? Like, why is this guy swinging around like a spider? Which I can't spiders do that. Don't do. Normal like, humans don't do that. I'm like going to need to unpack this. Maybe without, you know, when you're doing a movie, that's a broader audience than comic books. It's a broader audience than the Saturday morning cartoon. But, like, maybe at the first one, you know, you have your origin story. I get that. But, like, at this point, what are you doing here? Like, do we, we don't need to know... We don't need to do all this. There's a feeling with me when it comes to sequels that, hey, if you're coming to Spider-Man 3 and you have no knowledge, that's on you. No one needs to unpack this for you. You made the error of walking into the second sequel, as I like to call it, (laughs) of a series with no foreknowledge. I remember when the Harry Potter movies were coming out, each successive director would brag that he got it shorter and shorter. I'm like, look, at this point, it's the fifth movie. No one's seeing these because they think it's going to be a short night at the movies or because they don't like them. You don't have to shorten this down. It's almost more confusing because you're like, it's, what's the word? It's like insecurity. Like they're like, I just, I'm not sure that I did a good good enough job explaining why he's Spider-Man. So I have to show this spider biting him. And And they even show like clips of Doc Ock and it's like, not really relevant to this story. <laughs> right. I guess if you just want to show that he has battled villains before. I don't know, DJ. If I hadn't seen that, I would have been in the scene at the Daily Bugle where you see an old... Doc uh, still at large. 
still a large Doc Ock, I'd be like, "Who? Wait, stop everyone! Stop the movie! Uh, young boy running the Carmike Cinemas reel! Stop it! <laughs> I've got questions about this Doctor Octor Puss. We got we got some. This is a star-studded as well as villain-packed movie because we got BDH as Gwen Stacy, Bryce Dallas Howard. Coming I was thinking strong. of BB-8, so that's that's on me. Just another person who just came from the ground up, you know? You, just, you know, it's a rags-to-riches tale. You know, she was a poor girl living in Hollywood, daughter of a ginger. They can, they're going extinct, you know? So, you know, she really, she really made it. She made something of herself. We got a Cromwell, love a J. Crom. Uh, I, I as, screamed out James Cromwell, which is uh, something I do often, but... I was really appreciative to see him. We also got, I guess we got THC, but not the kind you were hoping for Thomas Hayden church, AKA the other guy from wings, <laughs> Ned from Ned and Stacy. You got uh, the guy from divorce. I kept calling him who we also have James Franco, of course, is in the previous two films, but James Franco's, James Franco's sallowness finally makes its first appearance in this, yeah. film, which I appreciated. Started getting a little green in the skin. But he was he was fully jacked. But I think this was his jacked days. Yeah, and he. I mean, that's part of the character too. He's like slowly poisoning himself with the Green Goblin juice. So is James Franco still in character? Yeah, he never leaves character. <laughs> Every character he plays just becomes a fuller and fuller character. Yeah, uh, as he goes on, he's 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 just a great actor in that way. He's got he's, he's got the Green that... Goblin. He's the guy from General Hospital. He's that weird rapper from Florida from that from that Spring Breakers movie. They're uh-huh. all just like a more in depth character that definitely he's missing an sense. arm because he was in 127 hours. <laughs> he's James Dean somehow, but still alive. He's got that certain what's the thing that actors have that certain insufferability. Conveniently, the meteorite lands right next to them. Peter Parker and MJ are, are hanging out on a web. He spun him a little web to hang out with. Pretty uh, out in the open with his... Yeah, uh, Central Park is a popular place for, for perverts, you know, closeted homosexuals. They're going to see that web and they're like, oh, there he is. That's the, that's the Spider-Man. I'm just here to have, you know, illicit sex in Central Park like a normal person. And there's a, a, a man, uh, a spider man on a date with his uh soon to be fiance tyler by the way i love him to death but he asked does she know he's spider-man <laughs> they're sitting, while they're sitting on a, <laughs> while web. They're on a web i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because i'm i'm not really you know i read the comics but i'm not a comics expert but this was we talked about this a little bit in the intro venom is really popular comic character and that's like there's some there's some notes around and you know who knows the the truth of it but that's that's one of the reasons this was so crammed with villains is they didn't really want to put venom in it but people were like you've done two movies and you haven't put the most famous and popular Spider-Man villain in either of those movies you better fucking put venom in this movie and they felt some pressure to do that because you know people like things i like um, it when pe- when d- film directors feel pressure and i'm like from what from video game like or from uh, comic book chat rooms that's the pressure you're feeling you know what you make films they don't you don't have to do anything you don't want to do well and who knows how that manifested if uh, if it's indeed true that it felt some pressure it probably came from like the producer's grandson was like you better put fucking venom in this movie and then he, the producer watch your language young man <laughs> the producer leaned on the director like network notes like why isn't feeling venom in this movie i mean this is kind of my big thing about the movie but i'll go ahead and say it here at the front that was probably what sank this movie 
I think watching them all in succession helped me helped buoy a lot of the parts of this movie that worked because they are in line with the other two movies. There is sort of a hokey corniness to this movie that's not unlike the first two Spider-Man movies. Yeah. But the fact that they they cram Venom in here, he's so out of the blue that there's a lot of narrative legwork that has to be done. All the other characters in this movie have like established stories with the hero, like you have yeah. James Franco, of course, and, and MJ, but also even Thomas Hayden Church, not not successfully necessarily, but he sort of gets worked into Uncle Ben's death at the, from the first movie. Super retcon. So, right, totally. You know that but thing so, that we just showed you in the credits? That didn't happen that way. <laughs> that wasn't it. It was different. <laughs> what? Um, you just recapped this. But to get to Venom, there's so many steps you have to do to get to Venom yeah. that they had to get the symbiote on Earth, which is right. already a big lift. You have and to get the symbiote on Earth. Fuck gotta, it, it's a meteorite. You got to get it on Peter Parker somehow. Lands right next to him. Next. You got to get it on his suit. It does that while he's sleeping. Exactly. You got to have it show its effects on him. Give him an emo haircut. Dance Bingo. around a little bit. Then you have to have him realize that it's no good. He hits his girlfriend MJ with his fist. Exactly. And then he has to get it off of him. Church bell. And then oh that's from the comics. Before that you have to uh, establish his his anger at Eddie Brock and then you have to get the symbiote onto Eddie Brock. He's under the church bell too. <laughs> On the bottom. Uh, Seinfeld's New York. <laughs> everyone knows everyone. There's only one church here and then you have to have Eddie Brock turn into Venom and then he has to terrorize the city. He also There's, has to like kind of disappear for a while too. Like I think this is a, a necessary I'm not even Eddie Brock like, you mean? Yeah. I'm not going to like harp on this too much because it's literally there's not enough even though it's a long movie there's not enough time to give everybody an appropriate like this person's doing this while this is there's just not enough time for that so i get it but it is like weird it's the same thing that happened with doc ock in the last movie is you're like where the what was he doing (laughs) for like 15 or 20 minutes of the movie and the truth is like it doesn't matter because it doesn't directly affect your story, but right. it's the same thing where like you can't have all these villains and they don't even show, they don't even show how Sandman and then like meet up like team. Well, up. No, they do. It's, it's my possibly my favorite line in the movie. Uh, Venom is swinging through the city like Spider-Man and Ven- Sandman literally turns his hand to a, to a hammer and says the best line, which is I don't like Spider-Man <laughs> and hits him down off the thing. And then yeah, they like true. sort of fight. That's true. But yeah, I, yeah. I liked it because it was like, uh, how can we make it clear what this villain feels about Spider-Man? <laughs> Have him say he doesn't like him in a declarative sentence and then hit a character he believes to be Spider-Man out of the sky. And then they, I guess, become friends? It, well, I mean, Venom is not the only one, like you said, is that disappears. I kept being startled throughout the movie because I kept forgetting characters that were in it. Like, they would disappear for long stretches. I'm like, oh, right, Sandman. Oh, right, Gwen Stacy. Oh, right, yeah. this. Oh, right, that. It was so kind of exhausting that it kept happening. Every, you know, 15 minutes, people would just disappear and then come back. We get Sandman's origin story, though, of, of like, so he escapes prison and goes to his home and his estranged wife and his sick daughter and we get the best line in the movie i think which is his wife says i live in the presence of great truth and that is the truth that you left behind right there in that bedroom (laughs) which is his that his daughter is sick or his 
This daughter is the truth? Yeah, that was a very clumsy line. I thought it was going to be about Jesus. Usually when someone says great truth in that oh-so-condescending way, you know the big JCs come into the conversation. But no, it was about a sick girl, which is a very awkward way to talk about your own sick child. Was that... It's possible that's a a quote from something that I'm missing, but otherwise it just sounds like like a writer wrote this. Like obviously a writer wrote all of it, but you know what I mean. Like this <laughs> it didn't is just very, fall out of the sky. You're absolutely right. But it's right. very writerific. I I mean I, I it's it's not the best, and it's ill served <laughs> by the by the fact that the movie really wants to talk about well really needs to expend a lot of its energy establishing all the symbiote nonsense. But I kind of liked his his story because he was like we we talked about with the first two. They sort of were a little bit like carbon copies of each other. Doc Ock and Green Goblin, I mean, we're a little bit of carbon copies of each other. They're all scientists. They have a side effect of insanity from their from their experiments that they, for some reason, do on themselves, and then you know go terrorizing the city for reasons. And Sandman, at least, actually has a legitimate reason. And I don't know. I I, I, it worked. He was a a different mold of of character, and I I liked that they gave him a backstory, even though they pretty quickly forgot about him for long stretches of the movie. But he does suffer from what those two first two suffered is, which is the insane experiment in the first place. Like, right? He, the, the scientists are still uh, terrible, but they're separate from the actual villain right. that it's is not created. Him. It's an accident. So he's he's running from the cops because he's escaped prison, and he runs into some sort of sand physics experiment. We're trying to figure out what the original experiment was. It's. Sand. Something we've said many times in this in this trilogy of movies. What is the experiment? <laughs> we wanted to make spiders smart. What? <laughs> we wanted to move sand in a fashion you hadn't seen prior. And so they have these alerts that tell them that when additional pressure is on the sand, so like if an animal's crawled in or a bird or whatever. Or an or escape a, convict. An escape convict. But they don't pay any attention to those. And in fact readily dismiss them when they appear. It's probably some bird. He'll fly away when the thing gets going. Or it's not. Do you just want to sort of turn your head slightly to the left and look? <laughs> or turn on the monitors. Ah, we ran out of batteries. Yeah. That was the other thing. I was like, are you just doing this in enclosed space and you have no view to the experiment you're doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I accept a lot of yada yadas in comic books because it's it's necessary. Just it's to, a yada yada the, genre. Yeah. It's that's part of it, but this he is just like... He got bit by a spider. You know what happens. You gotta meet me part way, though. Not even halfway. You just gotta... You can't just be like, I don't know, sand... And you know, you, get, you can't go just to the say beach. physics. <laughs> you ever go to the beach and get sand in your shoe? What if you got sand in your body? And you, you ever yeah, think they, of that? They do like the inner space, like they zoom in and they show sand smaller and smaller and getting into his body and then becomes part of his body. I was like, what? I'm going to need Miss Frizzle to take me on that magic school bus. <laughs> Show me what's going on in Sandman. Uh, I also liked, just back to the yada yada-ing, I could have accepted the first yada yada of, ah, it's probably some birds, but they didn't even check in the morning what their experiment had wrought. So it's like, what are you doing? The, just running the test, and then they're like, I guess it worked. All right, I'm, also, I'm back. I'm taking a long weekend. <laughs> Franny. Also, Franny. <laughs> Don't use my mug again. Also, a lot of the sand must be gone because he took it with him. (laughs) Anyone see that big sand cloud with a locket hanging from it go by? (laughs) 
Do you think that that's was weird? related to our experiments? That was weird, right? Anyway, seriously, don't use my mug. Oh my it God. says world's second best lover. Now, that's funny because you'd think I'd brag about being the first best, but not second best. But that's you, babe. Fran, I swear to God, though, don't use it. <laughs> Oh, here's one. So let's, if you want to, we can talk about Sandman's, I mean, nothing really happens to Sand. Well, he gets murderated by, by, theoretically murderated by, by Spider-Man when he discovers his secret weakness. Water. Clumpy sand. Which to me makes sand more dangerous because I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Then you need more water to rinse it off. And then Sandman disappears for a while. And then at the end, it's almost like, Oh, shit, we forgot all the Sandman stuff. <laughs> Hurry, just cram it into a monologue that he can say where he sort of apologizes for murdering Uncle Ben and then just says, ah, I was trying to fi- cure my sick daughter. Anyway, and then he just blows away on the wind. Yeah. And then that's, I'm like, to to fight another day? And Peter forgives him? It was yeah. so lazy after the Venom stuff. It was so stupid. Yeah, it was just like... It, it's not even that it couldn't have worked. It was just very first draftish. It was like they were on a time crunch or something. Like, yeah, okay, okay. Like they needed like another month of ri- good writers sitting around being like, okay, 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 no bad ideas. And then what? And uh, maybe then, they didn't read the movie syllabus uh, on the first day of movie. Mm, they didn't read the syllabus and realize when the movie would be due. Okay. See, you got to read that all the way through. You got to. And, and I, when I say you have to email it to me by midnight on the 3rd, I mm. fucking mean it. Can we talk about MJ and please Peter Jackson, director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? <laughs> I, I talked last time in, this, in, the, in the first sequel about how MJ, I liked MJ a lot more in that one. Hated her in this and i hated peter parker in this but she was the worst to me i was ryan i don't think i think i've talked about this on the podcast before but roger ebert i don't think he originated this phrase but the the it is the idiot plot where the plot would be solved if everyone in it wasn't a complete idiot Mm. just tell your boyfriend of several years now that you were fired from the play you were in yeah. And maybe he won't just keep talking about how, you know, hey, everyone receives bad criticism. Just tell him that you actually were fired because of the criticism, and maybe he won't just give you this lighthearted sort of don't worry about it stuff. It was yeah. so maddening to me. I mean, Peter Peter Parker, I almost called him Peter Jackson again, goddammit. <laughs> Peter Parker isn't great in this. He is very selfish and does some really dick movish things in Even this. without the before the symbiote. He's right. He's right. That's his, true. He's not um, at his best. And but that 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 reason that they they ended things was so exhausting because it was just like the plot really needs you to end your relationship in this movie again. We really need you to be apart rather than together again in this movie. So we are going to have to have you have this very contrived fight that will exhaust a thirty-nine-year-old homosexual fifteen years from now. Counterpoint: This is the scene when we get. Bruce Campbell again as the maitre d'. A soothing salve to what it was otherwise an annoying scene, but he was it's, fantastic. It was a very funny like plot because Peter's going to propose and Bruce Campbell's playing this very enthusiastically participating maitre d' who's going to bring the, sh- the the ring out in a glass of champagne and Peter Parker keeps like accidentally signaling him and then he's like, no, 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 no. Cutting off. is It's very good in a very bad, it's a very good thing in a very bad scene. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, it is really funny. He's very, you think he would be like a dismissive mater d', but he's actually really enthusiastic, as you said, about the whole plan. Yeah. Um, At first, very, it, it does seem cute. like he's going to be dismissive. Like, because of his other two characters he's played, he is dismissive, and, and that's Bruce Campbell's, like, M.O., but he's actually serious. He's, like, sincere in his want to help. It's very funny. It is cute. I just said, celebrate each other's successes, MJ. Because <laughs> he's about to get the key to the city, and she's she is treated like shit by Peter Parker, but she also... It's is, treating him like shit. It's treating him like shit. It's just like, maybe you guys shouldn't be together. I'm, the movie seems to think that I should be like, no, they're destined, but I'm like, you guys should break up. This is clearly not going well. This is a bad match. And the way the movie, the movie still wants them to sort of be just started dating. And I'm like, they haven't just started dating. They've been together for two years. He's thinking about marrying her. And like, she said this one line that I saw, thought was, she said, I care about you. And I'm like, you mean the man who's about to propose to you? You just say, I care about you. It's a very weird, it's a weird thing to say. It's something you say to the guy who sits behind you in biology class, who's crying because his girlfriend broke up. I care about you, Greg. No, I would never say that. That's a terrible example. No one, no one ever says that in any context in real life. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they don't say I care about you, and they don't say I'd like that. Yeah, I'd I like that. I put here is Bernard played by someone's dad. <laughs> I had literally the exact same thought because <laughs> I was like, cool. "There's no other explanation." Because he's so stiff and weird that I'm like, "He must know a guy, right?" I think I for, I forgot to say that last episode because I felt the same thing. <laughs> or in the was it the first one? Whatever the last one. He, was he in. only talks in the second one for the, the first one. time, I think. But yes, that's Bill Paxton's dad. <laughs> it literally is John Paxton. Amazing. He is info dump Bernard. In this movie, he is an info dump. Apparently, he examined Norman Osborn's body. Norman, you might remember him from the first, the first Normie. prequel, and also this movie, <laughs> and also this movie, and also the first sequel. He he examined his body, and right before James Franco is about to go kill uh, Spider Man yet again, or no, what, after he refused to go help Spider Man, who knows? Who cares? He just tells him, "Oh, by the way, I examined your father's body, and the wounds he suffered was from his own." Gl- glider so it's not possible for spider-man to have killed him and i'm like first off that's not conclusive in the least (laughs) second off why didn't you tell us i don't know any time before this point since you watched your charge james franco slip into alcoholism and super villainy over the course (laughs) of past four years why didn't you say something anything Anything! Just unplug the goblin machine, at least. I'm sorry to keep jumping back, but I did, I have in my notes, MJ, they make plays without songs in them. They're called plays. <laughs> it sounds like she was having a very good career doing non-singing plays. Maybe also, she just sounds don't fine. do them. She, but, I mean, when she does the jazz scene, I'm the like, other, no, this the other isn't singer. your strength. <laughs> The other singer they brought in was actually very good. And I thought that was good because she's not like a terrible singer, but then they get like a really good singer and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's a fair firing actually. (laughs) Done and done. She'll be fine. Just keep at it, MJ. I just like the idea that, you know, someone's been in New York for two years. They get even a night on Broadway and they're like, my career's over. It's like, no, you're an actor in New York. That's how it works. Nope. The next job is to get a singing waitress gig. There's I mean, no way yes. around it. Get that. But, you know, keep auditioning. You'll get there. Come on. I also appreciate that Mr. Ditkovich, who is Spidey's 
landlord is suddenly <laughs> suddenly sympathetic to, to Spider-Man's financial concerns and anger swings. Only when, yeah, only when a, I think he's a B-symbioted Peter, yeah, his, like his just fucking tears his head off, not literally, but like yells at him. He's like, I'll get you your whatever he says. I'll get you your money or something like that. And I'll get you your money when you fix this damn door. Yeah. Which and is then a all reasonable sudden, complaint. Yeah. And then he's like, he's a good kid. And I was like, what? Something must be wrong. He good kid. He's not yeah. that ba- accented, but you get the idea. <laughs> and then Ursula becomes his little accomplice when he's, he's being full dickhead emo Peter. He's like on the phone with MJ, like making eyes, like yada, yada. She keeps talking. And then Ursula just keeps bringing him cookies. <laughs> Yeah, and then later she's like, really, Ursula is very invested in MJ, which I guess would make sense if you. He has like a schoolgirl crush on Peter, and so she actually right. like likes MJ and just wants she just wants Peter to be happy. It's actually really sweet. It it, it, it was sweet. Uh, I guess it. I don't know if I that was always the plan for her character. Sort of paid off, I guess. Uh, enough. I guess it's enough that I'm like, I guess I won't be angry about that anymore. Because yeah. I was up many a night being angry about <laughs> Ursula and her unresolved storyline from Spider-Man Two. <laughs> Around this time when Peter's full emo mode, we get the infamous scene where he's walking down the street and he's like pointing and finger guns. It's, it's full finger, finger guns. Gun mode. But my favorite thing, what I didn't realize is that like the movies, it's still really a strange choice but for the movie to make, but also the movie is more in on it than I remembered. Like all, everybody that he's pointing at is like, what the fuck? is this yeah. guy's deal. And when he does his dance, his like anchor man dance through the the jazz club, everybody's kind of like they're they're cheering for him, but the, you can tell they're like what is yeah. going on? Like no one's buying this, which I really I like that. It like I said, it was still very strange, but it was also like okay, at least they're not like cuz at first they are kind of taken in by his new confidence, but then they're kind of like something's out of whack here with this guy, which is absolutely true. He's psychotic. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things, because especially after having just seen the second one where they have the raindrops keep falling on my head scene where he's it's which right. is sort of a parallel to this scene where yes. he's just sort of dopely walking through New York, you know, without his spidey powers and tripping yeah. and losing his glasses and whatever. And then seeing this, I mean, it it tracked. It was one of those scenes where I'm like, yeah, that this is how these movies were made. Right. But I think it's one of those things that sometimes when you've soured on a movie already, something that wouldn't annoy you before. Yes. Just like, yeah. Tips you over. So this is that scene that I think anytime someone is grousing about Spider-Man right. three parenthesis, 2006, they will, me- Oh, sorry. They will mention, they will mention this, this scene. And it, it it's not, yeah, I agree with you. The movie's totally in on it. The movie's purposefully making him seem like a, cheesy douchebag but they didn't, when you're like, already it, at your wits end yeah it doesn't play as well it like didn't earn it's like when somebody you don't like goofs around with you you're like no. yeah i get the i'm not i get that you're joking but stay the fuck away from me right now <laughs> like when this, you run into that person who bullied you all through high school and they're like damon what are you doing these days i'm like fuck you <laughs> can we talk about james franco's yeah. memory loss in this I hit my head. I did really like that, <laughs> oh, that line. Very cute. But it was a little general hospital, which is fitting, as yeah. that's where his career heads, oddly. But yeah, it's a very soap opera. Like, he, he not only, it's, it's a very soap opera in that it's ludicrous that he hits his head after a very far fall from several stories yes. up after fighting Spider-Man. He hits his head. It results in a Band-Aid because you never want to damage the goods 
no, on, yeah. on the pretty boy's face. Well, until at least later. until Act Three. Yeah. Which Tyler, when we were watching that tight one, he actually does get one of his hobgoblin bombs ch- chucked back at him by besymbioted Peter Parker. Green Goblin. He's the new Goblin. Actually, he's the new Goblin. Goblin Junior. Yeah. He. He actually does get ruined facially. Damaged goods, one could call him. And when we finally see the damage that's been done, which is like the next day, Tyler goes, wow, those scars really healed real quick. Yeah, Yeah, he got nice and just like scarred over like a week later. It was like, okay, well. Ludicrous. But yeah, he he does sort of, and I was, as ludicrous as the, the plot beat was, I was appreciative that we got a break from grumpy James Franco back to uh, nice, yeah. friendly James Franco where he's hanging out with everyone again. He's not always scowling. But it does put you at a grave danger of smiling James Franco, which is always... <laughs> haunting there's like a a very narrow band of james i want you to be happy to view but not laughing is that an option yeah stoned but not too stoned (laughs) but not too stoned (laughs) just a little just a little bit just had a gummy bear or whatever but then he turns villainous again in act 2.5 he kisses mary jane before he remembers then remembers then goes and chokes mary jane and convinces her to break up with peter in an ultimate act of villainy and gotta get him in his heart does and then yeah. Yeah. and then he he tells peter oh yeah i'm the other man and yeah. that's uh that shows him although he does get a very awkward scene with the waitress after peter leaves thinking that mj was cheating on him with with james franco and the waitress goes how's that pie and he goes so good yeah <laughs> very weird oddly sexual kind of into it it's fine and then now harry gets his ass kicked again by spider-man <laughs> Is that when, does Peter put the symbiote suit on again and then goes to kick his ass? Is that the idea? Who can No, who can I think say? that was the first, I think that was the first time. No, but he's not scarred yet. Doesn't he get scarred by I thought that was them the fighting time. in the apartment? No, the first time he gets knocked out and then the second time he gets scarred in the apartment. But he's definitely wearing, I mean, Peter's wearing the symbiote suit when he fights him. When he knocks him when out. He, or, when he hobgoblins him. When he throws the hobgoblin oh, okay. bomb. Bomb I, couldn't, I couldn't remember when that happened exactly, so I believe. By the way, I do. I know. I'm sure it's killing your heart every time. I, I know he's not the hobgoblin. Yeah, I know he's I, the new goblin. To be fair, I did a little bit, like a tiny, the tiniest amount of copyright. You're in a child's an idiot level research uh, of, <laughs> to remind myself, like what the difference between the hobgoblin was, and basically, is it the, the powers southern that, hemisphere? It's a Coriolis goblin, basically. <laughs> the basically the powers that be wanted. Green Goblin again, and the writer was like, I'm not doing Green Goblin, because there had been like three go- Green Goblins by this point, because that was one of the first Spider-Man villains, and so they just made the Hobgoblin, which is just like a <laughs> uh, yellow costumed, like slightly slightly differently stylized, but it's the same idea, same technology. Ludicrous. And then it was like, who's the Hobgoblin? And then it was a whole other person, and it was like, okay, well, th- how was this different? So you, you're you're absolutely right. It's from the Hob region of France. That's when you right. get the Hob Goblin. Otherwise, Otherwise it's, just, it's just a Green Goblin. It's just Sparkling Goblin. I want to talk about Venom a little bit more. Oh, um, please. I'm running out of other things to talk about. Before we just start glowing reviews of J. Jonah Jameson, let's go ahead and Oh, yeah. I mean... What, fucking, what can be said that treasure. hasn't already? Fucking treasure. So, a lot of creative misses here, but one, like Topher Grace as Eddie Brock is just very strange casting because it's not it's not just that like in the comics like Eddie Brock is kind of like a hulking he's not like you know 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's like a big dude. And so like Venom, when he bonds or when the symbiote bonds him, forms Venom, he's a big hulking character as compared to when the suit was on Peter Parker. And like, it's, it's like a really menacing character. And so not only just like stature wise, like physically, Topher Grace is just a weird choice. And then also at one point they have, you know, most of the time, because you have a famous actor in the role, they like reveal his face when he's talking, even as Venom. That bothered me less, but sometimes they had his whole face covered like in Venom mode and it's still Topher Grace's voice coming out. And it's like... Hey, yeah, we're gonna get Spider-Man together, and it's like it's, there's nothing wrong with Topher Grace's voice, but it was just like that is not Venom's voice to me, and yeah. it was really unfortunate. I don't even know Venom, and I knew that was not Venom's yeah. voice. I always just pictured it like because like in the comic bubbles, and this might just be in you know that particular artist that I remember reading's choice, but it's always like the, one of those weird talk bubbles where it's got like red lines around it, and it's got like really intense looking lettering, like like it's really demonic because mm-hmm. he's this like evil character and so you know imagine him like having like a really like scary voice because he's like a really scary character and just him for grace being like i was in that 70s show you're like okay (laughs) cool well now i'm i mean i don't want to question your 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 comic knowledge but i believe anytime you see red text in a comic that is actually a quote from jesus well it's just them's, them's the rules I can tell and then you at the bottom, it, as a footnote, it says, "Nuff said, Stanley." <laughs> yeah, he. It, it seemed very weird. I mean, we get very little time. If I if I was jonesing for some venom time, I would be very disappointed by what I was given at the end of this movie because you yeah. don't even really get to spend. It's hard for me to even say I didn't like Topher Grace in this role because you barely get any time right. with him as as Venom proper. I don't mind his Eddie Brock because he just plays him as like a smarmy dickhead, and he really does that pretty well. Good job, Tofs. Yeah. But you only get a one real, well, two real scenes, the, the meetup scene with Salmon, and then the finale, the climax skyscraper scene. Yeah. And yeah, he's always, on top of that, he's always taking off his, his Venom mask to reveal Tover Grace, almost like a contractual, like, I want my face in there. That was, again, my Tover Grace impression. Pretty good. Um, he sounds a lot like the scientist running the sand experiment. <laughs> They're brothers. <laughs> It was disappointing because you don't even get the time. All this work had to be done to get to this character, and you don't yeah. have any time left in the movie to actually sit with it for a while. It's well, like they, if, if Jack Nicholson yeah. turned into the Joker in the last 10 minutes of Batman. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, oh, you, great. Okay. I guess I spent time with Jack Napier for two hours <laughs> for nothing. Everyone's favorite villain. <laughs> Eddie Brock. Like, they almost they almost do a good job with, like, when there's a scene where MJ gets in the cab, and it turns out Eddie Brock's in there, and he's, like, his, he's wearing the, the symbiote suit, but it's, like, taken the form of a cabbie. It's very, like... Oh, I didn't uh, even catch that. It's very, like, it reminds me of Scrooged, when the cab driver is, like, uh-huh. actually all crazy. And then he, like, you see his, like, spindly symbiote suits like come at her it's almost like a little bit horror movie-ish and that's that's more like venom kind of thing like he's like this freaky scary character that becomes an anti i don't know like i feel like i fanboyed over the venom character like too much in this i just like it was one of my favorites so just like makes this extra disappointing because they you can tell there was talk about it and they almost got it a couple of times Mm mm-hmm and it was just like generally a miss on all levels on that, for that character. Yeah. And then it, they, killed, it, it, they killed Harry, though. So you don't have to worry about more Franco, even if they had made more movies. 
Oh, poor guy, though. He was so half-beautiful and died in the same way as his dad. Stabbed by his own... Now, just to point this out to Bernard, he was stabbed, yes, with his own surfboard, but he was (laughs) stabbed by Venom. So just because you got your own surfboard blades pushed through you doesn't mean that you did it. Kind of proved your own uh, so Bernard, theory there. You're a fucking idiot. Although, you know, now that you've given me this information about him being Bill Paxton's dad, Bill Paxton, God rest his soul, was also not a good actor. Again, God <laughs> rest his soul. And so it's, it's nice to know that he got it from his dad. Yeah, Bill Paxton, may he rest in peace, was kind of terrible. <laughs> Bill Paxton, peace and blessings be upon him, was a (laughs) shit show in almost every movie I've ever seen him in, except for maybe Aliens. I assume that we can also say that for John Paxton. Yeah, he didn't didn't seem that long long for this world. Let's find Uh, out. So you're going to love this. Died in 2011. Ooh. Wait, when did Bill Paxton die? The same day. 2017. Oh. You want to go to the verdict, please? All right, yeah, we can go to the what have you. Anthopolis, what is your verdict? Uh, your inner child is an idiot, presuming that you you did like this the first time. Take around. that, Sam Raimi. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I think if they had taken on the pressure from the the nerds who really wanted Venom and just ignored it, they I think they could have just created a. Uh, a fine sequel, but I think Venom just sucks all the oxygen out of the room of this and distracts from the the tropes and stories that have already been established in this movie so that you have to do so much fucking work to actually get to Venom that this movie just tanks in the... Especially in Act 2 is when it just falls apart. I was you with wanted, it in Act 1. I was like, sure. You wanted more Harry Osborn time is what you're saying. I would rather more Harry Osborn time. That's, that's a character I know and right. know. And Sandman, I thought, was like a somewhat compelling villain, at least, that I think if they had given him more time to establish him as more than just a bank robber and and fleshed out his relationship with his daughter, yeah. I think that could have been a lot more interesting. Or even fucking go with Dr. Connors, who's been standing there with one arm, not turning into a lizard for three movies now. <laughs> Really, really like the worst breadcrumbs I've ever seen in a movie. Like, Yeah, it, it is a lot of unrealized potential. They laid all these sort of things. They didn't Billy D. Williams this up where, you know, they give him Harvey Dent and then f- fuck off in the middle of the of the second one and never return and hire someone else to, to be Harvey Dent. What do you think, DJ? I'm curious uh, what your rejoinder will be. Well, first of all, once again, I'd like to nominate J.K. Simmons for the Catherine O'Hare Memorial MVP Award. I mean, it's not even a question. It's not even a question at this point. Seconded. Oh, all the drugs on his desk. I remembered all his stomach and ulcer medicine that was just on his desk, barely out of frame. The whole... The whole just like wacky scene where Betty Brandt keeps paging him really (laughs) intensely for some reason. I don't know why the the buzzer (laughs) is so loud but it keeps he keeps having to be calm because his blood pressure's high very (laughs) very very good he's just an absolute treasure well this movie is trash you're in trouble (laughs) as an idiot so here's here's i will say this like just to roll that back a little bit this wasn't as steep 
of a drop off as I was expecting. Like if you yeah. like before we started watching this trilogy, I was like, I know I like the first one the best. Most people I feel like like the second one best. I don't know what how that's going to stand up to the test of time, but it's clear that like one and two are good, and then three is just this like like drop off. It's not that at all. I think one one and two were like. I still like the first one better than the second one, but still they weren't that far apart. And then this one is, it's just under the line of good. Like it is bad and it is all the things that you hear people complain about and it's silly and they made all the opposite of good creative choices. But, but it isn't, it, you made a good point that it's like, it's not so different. You and I like, like the, 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 the dancing scene is actually a weird parallel of that scene from the second. And it all kind of it all kind of ties together as a trilogy, but not in a way that is satisfying. And you know, I, as somebody who was really excited about Venom, I like I wouldn't want to see him cut from this movie. But it's like either do it or don't. You know what I mean? Like you, this, they did sort of a half-ass like he would need to be your sole villain. You can't yeah, just make him yeah. have a be a ancillary villain to someone else as well. He would need yeah. he needs the entire runtime to set up and establish him. Well, and to be fair to the the movie for keeping this this many characters in, like finishing up as much as I'm kind of bored by the whole Osborne thing, like the whole family, Harry and Norman, like they did need another movie to finish it up. Like it didn't really get resolved in the last one. And, and he was clearly like set up to be the goblin again. And that makes sense. It's, it's you know, you know, sort of follows how the comics were and stuff like that. And, and he's a trust that, fund kid. Yeah. He has totally, no other options than to become the green goblin. No one's going to hire him. He's a super villain scion. That's what, that's <laughs> what they do. So that all sort of like, it's like, okay, we have to keep this in cause we have to wrap this up and we got Franco for another movie. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. And then they're like, we got to get Gwen Stacy in there. Otherwise the nerds will revolt. And you're like, but okay, why? like she why? barely, yeah. Yeah, and like, because they also had to have, and it was like, okay, you're really just using her as a jealousy tool for MJ, which is like, okay, that was kind of also in the comics, like that happened a lot because Spider-Man, Peter Parker, like has a thing with Felicia Hardy, which is like the black cat, and it also happens with, you know, he does have some romance uh, with Gwen Stacy in the comics, so it's like, okay, they're just, they're just like taking these bits and pieces, but it just like, it's... There's like something in here that could have worked. It just didn't come together in so many different ways. And so it was really frustrating because it's like they, at every turn, they made the wrong decision <laughs> for yeah, creatively. Yeah. A lot of those are like, they feel like fan service, but they're too substantial to be fan service. Like Gwen Stacy's yeah. in this too much to really just be fan service. Like it was just a blonde girl raised her hand in the thing. And he says, Mrs. Stacy, like that would send the f- yeah. fans a flutter. But this is like, you introduce her and she's in a relationship with Eddie, again, Seinfeld, New York. She's in a relationship with Eddie Brock. Her dad's the chief of police. Police. It's like okay, right? How integrated is this going to be? Where <laughs> everyone knows everyone? Yeah, it's it's a little silly. The Sandman stuff, like the his raison d'être, and also <laughs> the actual visuals of like him forming into Sandman, and that was pretty cool. Like Sandman was actually, I think, the best part of this movie as far as everything. Like because there was like potential in the Venom stuff, but it didn't work. It's hard to call him good because he just sort of gets tossed aside, like yeah. After the but it looks cool. I mean, like just the visual. It does. It It looks really cool when he forms out of the sand and like when you know Peter Spider Man like punches a hole in his stomach. That looks cool. Like they did a lot of cool 
There was a lot more like storyboard moments in the other movies. And this one, it feels like they just didn't execute those as well. That's true. There's no like the subway train scene. There's nothing, no equivalent to that. And especially some of the fights they did have, like that Harry, I didn't mention this, but that Harry Peter fight in the beginning when they're. Oh, it looked like a video game. And the sound effects, like they were like using these like. Like for his, (laughs) for his like surfboard, for his snow. He's a cool snowboarding. They got one of those Cracker Jack things, those little whistles. It does, like, like, we're using sound effects. I don't usually like to call out the Foley guys, because they're (laughs) doing their best. They're just crew guys. But, like, oh, my God, what choices are we making here? So, yeah, your inner child's an idiot. Sorry, everybody. Spider-Man. They never made a Spider-Man again. So... That was the last as we saw of old Spider-Man. I'm trying to uh, convince Tyler to watch the Tom Holland Spider-Mans with me, but my lobbying efforts, I don't know, will give him some give him some space a little bit. But they are very good. You're right. I tr- did try to convince him, but I convinced tried to convince him using arguments that only convince me. Where I was like, you see, they they really tie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way that really. <laughs> really works for me. Where you get to see what it's like to live in a world with so many superheroes at the ground level, though. You know? And he's just staring at me blankly, wondering he's passed out. how all the choices in his life led him to this. Wait, I have... Can you help me with a note I have here? In, yes. In here? And I yes. wrote it without context, so I don't know what this means. It just says Shazam. What is that? He Why says, did I write that? Peter says Shazam when he's like, gets his to powers whom? back. Or just, I think he says it when he has. he's using the symbiote suit so he gets he gets more powerful and so he's like shazam i think that's the context is it like a joke on yeah shazam yeah and he says it in the first movie remember when he's trying to get his web shooters to shoot he tries all the different things and one oh, of the yeah. things he says is shazam and it's supposed to be all the comic book readers in the audience went <laughs> they mildly <laughs> chuckle to themselves mm-hmm. because they both recognize something yeah what do you think, everybody? Email us. Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can call us or text us 615-576-0525. You can find us on all the social media. Damon's just been firing off the TikToks, just doing the latest viral dance. He does the thing where he points to the screen and it has written what he wants to say. And oh, I, I like that. I point above and then wait. Sometimes I point below. Yeah, and then there's I like text that. down there, too. I like you know? that about what you do. I, you know, it's an innovative way to use the medium, and that's what it's, what's important. You can support us, patreon.com slash idiot. We want to thank our current patrons, including my neighbor Burrito. The Zesty. Jacob Grimm. Particle Man. Particle Man. Jonathan Day. Demons Australian Nixon. Heather Tuggle. Christine in Brooklyn. Dramatically Placed Hot Dog. Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro. Lindsay Nell. T. Smith. Jeremy Powlin. Just Cuz. Kevin from Cleveland. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Brandon Hardy. His Honor the Mayor. Dan McIntyre. The Supreme Ruler of this podcast. Thank you all very, very much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. If you want to support like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. I'm just going to go ahead and name some other villains while you talk us out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Electro. It's been a fun time is here in, I think it is Electro. I'm not Electro. to. Yeah. Uh, it's a been a shocker. fun time here in uh, the Two mostly the white the New York City uh, where there's precisely 30 Vulture. residents here in Spider-Man's New York. Uh, Most of them from. Crossover with Vendetta. I would estimate about in. four different families. Not, you know, um, it's a close-knit group. Water guy. Hydro Man? Is that what Every is? month, usually the third Sunday 
the month, we'll do like a barbecue Sometimes where I all, confuse Mega all, Man of New York, all of New York just comes together at Central Park, at the one bridge in Central Park, and just, you know, has a, has, has a barbecue. Oh, Bring a side, Hunter. Bring a side. Gwen Stacy will be there. Her dad, who's the chief of police, Eddie Brock, who's her, her boyfriend. Carnage. Got, got the old. Peter Parker, of course, uh, Aunt May. 